The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back. Left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. The 2018 BYU football season is finally here. Tonight, the Cougars are in Tucson to face the Arizona Wildcats. As always, I am thrilled to be joined by the great Mark Lyons, who is in Tucson, joins me now from the broadcast booth at Arizona Stadium. Mark, it is great to be talking to you ahead of a football game. I'll say we finally get here for the September arrives and we get to play some football. And we've seen a bunch of it all day today. And we've seen ups and downs and surprises, so I anticipate seeing the same thing right here in Tucson. Yeah, I will. We'll get to the game headlines coming up in just a second. Uh, and I know this is not something that you want to talk a lot about, but with it being the first game of the season, it was also announced within the last couple of days that this will be your final season as radio analyst uh, for BYU football games. Uh, first and foremost, it has been an awesome pleasure to be able to work with you, and I'm looking forward to the remainder of the season. Uh, but uh, what's the, what are the feelings like for you tonight? Well, thank you, Jason, for those nice comments. Uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's interesting because this is the last first game of the season that I'll get to do. And so uh, I do think that uh, it's an interesting kind of perspective that uh, I have uh, mixed emotions about it. Certainly it's been a great ride. That's the thing. Oh, man, I've been so many places. Yeah, I've seen so many games. In fact... I think that I've seen more BYU football games in person than any other person alive. Now that's impressive. Yeah, that I, I like. Now it's five hundred and five. Today's going to be five hundred and six. If anybody wants to test me on that, have you been keeping a tally? Today, you're like, like I did. in your journal, you like put like a little check. <laughs> no, I it's just one more game. Them. <laughs> just counted them up. Well, Mark, we're we we love you, and uh, we're excited uh, to be able to work with you for one final season. We've got a lot of football to get to, so le- how about we get to it? We'll start things off with today's game headlines: as the Cougars face the Wildcats. These are your BYU football headlines. Number one, BYU looking to rebound from last year's disappointing and unexpected 4-9 and nine season. Mark, last year was a complete surprise to everybody involved, and being able to bounce back starts tonight. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was a tough year, you know, and I do expect BYU to be greatly improved just because of the improved work ethic that's been instilled. The new coaching staff's come in and uh, really put everybody to work. So, being better, though, this season might not produce a much greater record because uh, they play some really good opponents. So a win tonight would be a huge plus to put BYU on the right direction. Without question. Headline number two, BYU will feature a new offensive scheme led by new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. When Jeff Grimes was hired, obviously he had familiarity with this program, but not necessarily familiarity with what the offense was going to look like, and that was from our perspective. I'm really curious to see what type of offense BYU puts on the field tonight. 
Well, there's going to be lots of motion. There's going to be shifts. Every down, there's going to be something unique happening because defenses line up related to the offense's strength, and they try to put it strength to strength in order to stop the play. So when you shift and then run motion, you're trying to put the defense in positions that they're confused as to whether or no am I on the strong side or the weak side, and then they're going to try and take advantage of that. Their, uh, the run game, I think, is going to be pretty interesting that way. Now, BYU's also put in a lot of the short pass routes uh, that was very successful for, for Lavelle Edwards early in his pass year. So I think that it'll be interesting to see the whole package tonight. Yeah, one of the things that really stands out to me about, again, we've only seen snippets of the end of practice. So how much we're actually seeing is still somewhat unknown. But in talking with players... Uh, and just kind of getting an idea of, of how they feel about it, it really does seem like there's going to be multiple, and you hear the, the term multiple. Anytime you'd ask Coach Grimes, what's this off, what does this offense look like? He's like, well, it's, it's multiple. It looks like there's a lot of options within this offense, that there's not just one right play to make. Within one play, there could be four or five options, and all four or five could be the right play. Yeah, and, and uh, with the short pass game, it's going to, I think, help Tanner Mangum and also if Zach Wilson's playing, it's going to help them both to get in a feeling of the offense and throw it short and have a few completions before you try and set up and go to the deep ones. Well, you just mentioned Tanner Mangum, and he's part of Headline 3 after a lengthy competition. During the offseason and fall camp, senior Tanner Mangum will be the Cougars' starting quarterback. What were your initial reactions when you heard that Tanner was the guy? Well, it was something that I kind of, uh, using some philosophy <laughs> and some psychology, I felt as though the coaches really respected Tanner's situation last spring. And they were kind of saving the spot for him to be able to compete here in the fall. I think we've, so, lost, uh, I think we've lost Mark there. It has been interesting when you talk about this quarterback competition. As well as Tanner has played, Everybody is always very quick to say, and, and Zach Wilson has played just as well. And if you look at what Zach has done coming straight out of high school, I've interviewed him a couple of times in the offseason, and every time he's mentioned how important coming here in January and being the guy that was able to learn with the other guys, being here in January, learning the system with all the other quarterbacks, that has been a huge help for him, and it certainly paid off because for a lot of camp, he was neck-and-neck with Tanner Mangum, and uh, and this, the future is very bright for a quarterback like Zach Wilson. But Tanner Mangum, as the coaches said, earned this job towards the end of camp. He was kind of separating himself as the senior. I know he mentioned the word grateful probably seven or eight times talking to the media at the beginning of the week. He is looking forward to this opportunity. It's a senior yeah. season. This is, this is a big deal for him, Mark, to be yeah. able to have an, one more chance as BYU's starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree that uh, he really did come with the attitude that uh, he was going to be confident. He moves much better. You know, he, he's uh, got in better shape. I, I just think that uh, he did an awful lot. He seems to look like he's in charge right now. Yep. And so uh, the competition was good for him, as you were pointing out. The competition between those two guys really pushed both of them to get better. Headline number four, the BYU defense. Boy, they're going to face a good one tonight. Arizona junior quarterback and Heisman candidate Khalil Tate. This is a guy, his instinct is to run the football, and he is very good at doing that, Mark. 
Man, alive. His highlight reel is just crazy. Uh, he'll come through the line in just this little opening. So you've really got to pen him in, and you've got to get help from everybody. But uh, when he pops through there, there are a lot of teams that had an angle on him to be able to come up and make the tackle, and they don't even get a hand on him. <laughs> he just runs right by it. You know, he he's about the same size as Taysom, and he's got that same aggressive mentality uh, it's going to be a, it'll be a real challenge tonight. Everybody's got to be able to help out, even though they have their own assignment. Somebody's got to be willing to get over and help with that kid. The word mark that you hear any time a defense faces a quarterback like this is you, the word that keeps being brought up is contain. You have to contain him. And I know that the Arizona coaches they have a new head coach putting in a new offense. They certainly know his skill set. They're wanting him to become a better passer. So it's certainly something that you can't ignore. But you know when push comes to shove, if a play breaks down, that guy's taken off. Absolutely. And, you know, so let's say they run that lead option coming down the line where the quarterback gets his uh, option, the end man, and either turn it up or make the pitch. Well, if the secondary comes up to help, like I was just suggesting that they might need some help, and then that kid stops and moves back two steps and throws it to that wide receiver who just ran by that corner that was coming up to help, it really makes it a tough read for that secondary. Coming up, you will hear from Kalani Satake and others in Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foe as we talk with Brian Jeffries, the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Cardinals. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard, Ian Provo, Mark Lyons from... Tucson, Arizona, home of the Arizona Wildcats, not the Arizona Cardinals. Not quite sure where that came from. That would be a completely different task tonight. It's time to get to know the foe. Speaking of the Arizona Wildcats, we are joined by Arizona play-by-play voice Brian Jeffries. Brian, thanks for taking a few minutes tonight. We appreciate it. Hey, Jason, glad to be with you. Looking forward to a big game tonight. I think everybody's looking forward to the season opener, and I'm sure Arizona fans are looking forward to seeing the first and the uh, the first game and the debut of head coach Kevin Sumlin. What are the expectations for him coming into this first game? Well, I think the fans have been excited. After uh, Rich Rodriguez was uh, released, uh, there was talk, of course, about who's going to be the next coach. And when Kevin Sumlin's name came up, that got a lot of people excited because of his track record at Houston and Texas A&M. And then when he got hired, I think the excitement level and probably the expectations rose a little further, knowing what he's done in the past, thinking, okay, can he do the same thing here? And you couple that with uh, the number of returning players Arizona has, and including a very outstanding quarterback and I think a favorable schedule. Uh, a lot of people here figure it's it's bowl game and then maybe even more than that. So I, I believe the ex- expectations are probably as high as they have been here in well over a decade. Well, along with Kevin Sumlin, there's also a new offensive coordinator who he's very familiar with, and that's uh, Noel Mazzoni. And, uh, you know, he's been, though, pretty much an offensive pass kind of an offensive coordinator. But is he going to use those skills of that quarterback that you're talking about that's back this year? I I think that's going to be the one big difference you see in Khalil Tate this year is the fact that they expect him to be able to throw the ball, I'm going to say more, but more accurately. Mm -hmm. And if... 
the last month is any indication he has made great strides in his ability to throw. He's always had a good arm, uh, but keep in mind that he's still kind of a young guy. He's only 19 years old and doesn't have as much experience maybe as you might think at this point of his career. And so they worked on his footwork in spring, worked on his accuracy in the fall, and I think he's made a, a big jump in terms of his consistency throwing the football. And so they want to utilize that. They don't want to take away his ability to run. That was the magical part of his uh, game last year. But they also want to keep him healthy. And so I I think if they can utilize his arm a little more, the coaches are going to be happy with that. You know, Brian, Khalil Tate certainly has the attention of every defense he faces. There's just no question about it. He's that good. Tell us about, though, the weapons around him that he can rely on. And to go to your point in terms of wanting to become a better passer, a more accurate passer, who else is around him that he can rely on so he doesn't have to just simply use the athleticism to make a play? Well, I think that's, again, one of the question marks maybe going into the season is uh, who's going to step up as the next receiver. Shun Brown is a... A guy we know is good. Uh, he's, he's a great slot receiver, a lot of speed. Uh, Tony Ellison is kind of their uh, their guy that makes every catch, great hands. And they were able to get Sean Poindexter back for an extra year. He had uh, originally uh, thought last year was going to be it. The NCAA granted him another year. Uh, he's the tallest receiver on the roster at six foot five, and that's something they desperately need. But after those three, then the question is, who else is going to step up? It's probably going to be some freshmen. So those three are their main targets. They've got a pretty good tight end in Bryce Wolma. And then the, the running backs, again, your top two guys aren't all that big, but they're very quick. And uh, that's how they're going to have to, to, I think, balance their offense this year. But the proven, if you're asking about a go-to receiver, I'm not sure that they have one. Uh, they're hoping that maybe they have a couple. Well, now the offensive line is the other part of it that's mm-hmm. different and that uh, there's some new people and then there's a couple guys that are missing tonight. Right. But uh, have they come together pretty solidly this year, you know, so far? Well, that will be the biggest question mark of tonight's <laughs> game, without a doubt. Uh, they didn't expect, I think, when spring ball ended that they'd be in this situation uh, where they'd be replacing essentially four of the five starters, including their center. And so uh, it... I'd say the last month or so, they've worked some different guys in there. Uh, The five they're going to go with tonight have been pretty solid for the last week or ten days in practice. But uh, for the most part, they're unproven. They've got a freshman at left tackle, a transfer at left guard, a new center. Uh, The right side is probably the proven side. Uh, Cody Creason at right tackle is the the only one of the five, I think, that's practiced every day since August 2nd. So. Yes, that is without a doubt. If you look at all the units on the Arizona football team, that is the one area that has the biggest question mark right now. Happy to be talking with the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Wildcats, Brian Jeffries, here on Cougar Pregame Live. Let's focus on the defense. Since defensive coordinator Marcel Yates joined the team in 2016, the defense has gotten better overall each year. Do you believe that this still young defense can take the necessary improvements to be better, especially against the run? Well, Jason, I think it has to be better. If Arizona ultimately is going to have a successful season, uh, the offense, I'm not going to say it's a proven product, but you've got enough there where you think they're going to be able to put points on the board. The question is, can the defense make that next step up and become a better defense? They don't have to be a great defense, but they have to make some improvements. Based on nine returning starters, the same defensive coordinator, the same system, you would think that it is going to be a much better product. A couple reasons why I think the linebacking core is outstanding. 
And for the first time in a long time, Arizona's got some size on the line. They've got two 300-pounders up there, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. I also think the secondary is better than people thought. Uh, last The last couple of years, the, the front seven have not been able to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and that's put the secondary in a, a tough situation. But keep in mind, Arizona led the Pac-12 in interceptions last year. So I really think it's going to be a better defense. How much better, uh, we'll find out starting tonight. I found it interesting when, you know, you're talking about those young linebackers, but in counting up in the two deep, there were only six seniors, two deep from both sides of the ball, and five juniors. So you, there's 11 guys that, uh, you know, have really been part of the program for a long time. Now, a lot of those guys out there are red shirts, but you already pointed out the strength of the defense is that linebacker core, and they were all freshmen last year. Yeah, they were. Uh, Colin Schooler, uh Kylan Wilborn, those two guys are legit. I mean, they and, – and to see what they did early in their careers, you just expect them to be that much better. And Tony Fields, I think, is another one that uh, is still – you could call him young uh, – has a chance to have a banner season. So I, I'm very confident in Arizona's yeah. linebacking. Now, if that defensive line uh, lives up to its size – and they can put. They don't have to lead the league in sacks, but if they can make the opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable, it's going to make the defense that much better. Right. Brian, you mentioned a few minutes ago that expectations are as high as they've been in a really long time. Arizona's picked third in the Pac-12 South. So with that in mind, do you feel that's a fair assessment based off of the division that they're in? What, what, is the, what was the initial reaction when that uh, third-place finish was predicted? Well, I'm just going to, Jason, I'm going to try to read the minds of the people that put those preseason polls together, and they look at the fact that uh, USC is starting a true freshman quarterback, and although they won handily today, uh, you don't know uh, how that's going to work out down the road. I just, a lot of people aren't giving the Pac-12 South a lot of credit. They just feel that it's a much weaker division than the North with Washington and Stanford and Oregon. And so because of that, and USC is perennially the, the team to beat in the South, but a lot of people thought that they, they might be a little bit young this year. And so uh, I think many of the, the preseason prognosticators thought the South was a little more wide open, and that's why Arizona got its due uh, in the preseason polls because of the number of players they have returning and Kevin Sumlin's track record and the schedule. Uh, I just think there's a lot of optimism this team could have a good year. In fact, uh, Desmond Howard today on uh, game day, he picked Arizona to win yeah. the, the Pac-12 North anyway. South, I mean. Uh, let's go special teams one time. Uh, good returners, uh, field goal kickers, good uh, punt team going to be improved punt team improved uh they got a grad transfer from cal who was fourth in the league last year in punting and i think that's going to help a lot that was a weakness a year ago and uh, the place kicking is in good shape they have both their kickers back from last year josh pollock who's the older of the two and uh lucas uh, haversek has the stronger leg tied a school record with a 57 yarder last year yeah. good return men starting with uh, shun brown and some some others so Again, it, it would appear to be that it's an improved unit. Brian, last question, and again, we appreciate your time. Inherently, first games, there are a lot of unknowns. That's just the way it works. But with this game in particular, you've got a lot of unknowns on both sides in terms of a new offense for BYU, a new offense for Arizona. With all that in mind, what do you expect tonight from tonight's game? Well, I think from an Arizona perspective, with the new coaching staff and the players adjusting to them and the coaches adjusting to the players, 
uh, how is communication going to work tonight? Uh, Kevin Sumlin even mentioned that earlier this week. That's probably one of the biggest tests tonight. They've had spring ball. They've had a month to get ready for this. Uh, but there's always new things that are going to pop up when you have a change in systems. I think defensively, because Marcel Yates is back, that should be a little more solid. Uh, but offensively, how are things going to fall together tonight just in terms of their execution and the, the play calling, etc.? That's one thing that we're going to have to look for tonight. And, and, I, I, and as you just mentioned, Jason, uh, with a new offensive coordinator at BYU and Arizona having a new offensive coordinator, both defensive coaches are probably looking at a ton of tape right now trying to figure out, okay, uh, what are these guys going to do? But, you know, Arizona's got a quarterback that's that's been around a couple of years. BYU's got a, a senior quarterback. And when you look at those two positions, you say, okay, maybe we've got a little better idea about what's coming. Brian, great stuff. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back to uh, to your job, which is calling the game tonight for Arizona. Thanks again, and have a great call. Uh, I hope this series can continue. I know it's planned a few years down the road. I think it's a great series, and um, good luck to the Cougars yeah, this season. Right. Just like the good old days in the WAC. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> There we go. That's Brian Jeffries, the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Wildcats. My one-on-one with Tanner Mangum is coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It is the season opener. 2018 BYU football is back. The Cougars are in Tucson, Arizona getting ready to face the Wildcats. Mark Lyons joining me from Tucson. I'm here in our BYU Radio studios in Provo, Utah. Mark, it's time for Cougar Cuts, and uh, without question, the biggest story heading into the season has surrounded the quarterbacks. Who was going to get the nod as the starter? Tanner Mangum, Zach Wilson. Well, Tanner won the job, and according to head coach Kalani Sitake, Mangum was the choice because he earned it. He deserved it. He won the starting spot. That's what we wanted to do, create a opportunity for our guys to compete in every position but that one specifically felt like he performed the best and won the spot you know mark i guess there were there were a lot of people that will will it be because of experience and do you want to have a senior being your starting quarterback versus a freshman at the end of the day according to kalani sataki and the coaches it was because he played better yeah i agree that uh if you were to just weigh them though evenly so let's say they both came out uh, so close that there wasn't a, a sure winner i think you would pick the senior with experience particularly going on the road against arizona to start the season and so uh, i believe that uh, they the other way that i looked at it as a possibility is that uh, tanner was the starting quarterback and he lost his position because he got hurt And then a lot of times, particularly in the NFL, if you lose your position because you got hurt, when you get well, you got your spot back. And so I think that there is a little bit of the attitude that uh, they needed to keep that open long enough to see if Tanner was going to be able to come back and be that guy that he was when he was the starter. So uh, I I think that uh, Tanner did an awful lot, though, to help his position. But being a senior, uh, confident player uh, this year and also uh, some experience, I think that had something to do with him playing a little bit better. We were having a discussion uh, on this on BYU Sports Nation this week, and the, the question was asked, will this be the... Well, we see the best Tanner Mangum we've seen during his career at BYU. And I said, there's no real way to, to know the answer to that. What I do believe is that we will see the most prepared Tanner Mangum that we've seen during his time at BYU. I, th- he, he is in the right mindset. I know, you, I know you've heard from him 
This this is a guy that knows the opportunity ahead of him. He is a senior. This is his last year. He knows how important this is. He will be ready to go in terms of how many yards that that accounts for or touchdowns. There's no way of knowing. He will be prepared, though. Yeah, he will be prepared. Now, the other part that we don't get to say much about is the people around him have got to help him. And you know, his freshman year, his freshman year, he threw the ball out there and they went and got it. And last year, he didn't have people like that. So I do think that it's important that we recognize that uh, it's not just Tanner Mangum playing out there. There's a lot of other guys that have to be able to run the football, block well, and then catch the ball. After last year's 4-9 and nine season, the, uh, the word accountability has been brought up quite a bit during the offseason yeah. and, and then leading into this week. Corbin Kafusi said the push for accountability is absolutely real. Last year, there was some accountability there's never not any at all but it's been night and day at least for me you know you have to look at yourself in the mirror after a season like last season and really figure out where your priorities lie and what you're going to do to change it and so but the cool thing was everyone kind of had that moment it wasn't just a couple guys on the team decide to look in the mirror and say i need to change i feel like the entire team both as a whole and individually took that and took it to heart and decided okay we need to step it up you know, Mark, there's certainly accountability from the coaches to the players, but what one thing that's really stood out to me is how much accountability there's been among the players to each other. Boy, I agree with that. Uh, everybody, it, it has really uh, pulled everybody together and made them recognize that there can't be any of that. Where, where people were taking off uh, some plays last year, and uh, if it was away from me, I took it easy. And that just is, you know, in all of the practices that I've seen, holy cow, it's just night and day, as uh, Bronson said that, uh, no, excuse me, as Corbin said, that uh, holy, it's, it's really made a difference in the way they're performing right now. People hurry in and out of the huddle. They get back to run the next play. There, there's just a, an increased attitude about hard work. Uh, speaking of Bronson Kafusi, unfortunately, yeah, he was uh, released today by the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think he will be out of work long. I think someone will pick him up. He's too good of a player, but yeah. definitely sad to to hear that the Bronson was released today. Uh, it's, it's that time of year. It's the NFL. Everybody's got to get down to fifty three for their team rosters, and unfortunately, things like that happen. Yeah. But uh, we we wish the best for Bronson. Like I said, I don't think it's going to take long for another team to pick him up. Yeah, I, I, his name was on my mind. That's why <laughs> I know because I read that just before I came over, and yeah, that's why I popped out Bronson. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about Khalil Tate. We will continue to talk a lot about Khalil Tate, but the yeah. Arizona quarterback he rushed for over fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns last season. And while he is the primary focus of the BYU defense, defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki knows they cannot forget about the guys around Tate. Obviously, the quarterback is, is a big deal, and when you're game planning any offense, it all starts with the with the with the front and and the quarterback. And uh, this quarterback is dynamic in a lot of ways, so we've just got to you know find a way to kind of keep him bottled up. But uh, they've got speed everywhere. They got a little running back that does a really good job getting downhill. You know, obviously they've got some changes up front at the O line. I thought that they were really physical last year. They're going to be good all around. You know, obviously they're they're an offense that's capable of putting up a lot of points, and we've got to we've got to try to hold them down. That word speed, Mark, I've heard that describing this Arizona team really on both sides of the football, offense and defense. But, yeah, speed is something BYU will need to contain today. Well, when I watched their film of last year and watched the quickness of those two guys that uh, J.J. Taylor, he's talking about, he is, he's 5'6", 184, so when you call him a little guy, he is a little guy, but, man, he just 
poof, he just uh, is through there so quickly, and their uh, execution is so fast in the backfield and really is deceptive. And so it is a challenge for BYU to recognize who's got the ball and who do they go after in a hurry. And he'll pop through that line, and uh, he'll get there so, so quickly because those those offensive linemen don't have to hold their blocks very long. They just make contact, and there he is, zing, right through that hole. And he takes off. He He's another good back. Coming up next, it is the 2018 season debut of Shep Talk. I go one-on-one with BYU starting quarterback Tanner Mangum. More Cougar pregame live comes your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. That's right. It is Cougar pregame live, getting you ready for the season opener for the Cougars, taking on the Arizona Wildcats. I am in Provo. Mark Lyons is in Arizona. He will call the game tonight with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Last November, Tanner Mangum, he ruptured his Achilles in a road loss at Fresno State. His status for this year was completely unknown, and after a rigorous rehab, Mangum was able to participate in some of spring and then all of fall camp, where he was battling for the starting job with freshman Zach Wilson. Tanner was named the starter last week and will lead the Cougar offense tonight in Tucson. He will be running a new offensive scheme under new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, and I asked Tanner what Coach Grimes and this new offensive staff have brought to this team. Here's Shep Talk. Now from day one, they've, they've come in and instilled in us a desire to execute with perfection in, 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 in all aspects, uh, to be hardworking, to put in extra time, to focus on our assignments and and be very assignment sound. Whether and and that's in all aspects. I I, I refer refer to the weight room when we're in the weight room. You know, he wants us to be as as perfect as we can. Uh, when we're out in the field running our plays, same thing. When we're in the classroom, they want us to execute and and to be detail oriented, to not be lackadaisical, to not be um, you know lazy. They, they they want to push us to be our best, and and I've I've really appreciated that. It's um, it hasn't always been easy because they push us pretty hard. They let us know when we're when we're um, you know when we're not reaching our potential. But I think it's been good for us. I've seen a lot of growth, a lot of improvement from day one to now. It would be very easy to assume that like words you use in terms of like execution and it it has to be right it would be very easy to think that that would probably lead maybe to to being rigid but that's not the sense I get in the small amount of time we were able to watch the offense it seems like there's a lot of freedom within the details is that accurate Mm -hmm. yeah I I think you could definitely say that and that's that's what's fun about this offense is that there's a lot to it a lot of moving parts a lot of different things that uh that we can do within the offense but that can only be done if we execute right, if we execute well. And it, it takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of focus. The coaches have really harped on that. They've really harped on discipline and focus and being dialed in each and every day to, ex- to make sure that we execute. Like you mentioned, if we do that, then, then, we're, then we're able to have that freedom. Then we're able to go out and, and, and play the game and, and have fun. And, but it starts with that discipline. When you were talking with the general media and they had asked you about being named the starter, I think a word you used multiple times was grateful. Why are you so grateful for this opportunity? I think I'm grateful just because I've, I've seen 
how quickly the game can be taken from you. With injuries, they teach you a lot and, and they kind of show you things that you take for granted. Your health, your, your, your strength, your ability to play, your ability to be out there on the field. And when that's taken away, it kind of it is a wake-up call. Like, man, this, this is something I love, but I can't do it. And, and, and so now to be back healthy and able to play is just something that I'm really appreciative of. You know, to be at the start of my senior year now and having this opportunity is, you know, something that it's, it's, just, it's a continuation of the dream that I've always had as a kid. You know, I've always dreamed to play for BYU. I've been able to, to you know, to accomplish that, you know, in part. But now this is, it's a continuation of it. And so I got to make the most of it and just enjoy that and, and be thankful for that opportunity to, to, to live out that dream. Where do you feel from even day one that you showed up on campus or the first game that you played in, where do you think you are the most different today versus then? That's, that's a tough question. It's, you know, you have to just contemplate a little bit and, and do some self-reflection. But I think maturity-wise, I've, I've, I've grown a lot. Both on and off the field, I mean, we've gone through some tough things with with injuries and, and some different adversity. And we're I've behind Tanner Manka. we're all behind him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've just gone through gone through some different things uh, that have kind of shaped me into who I am today. And, and I, but I think one of the biggest things is, is just being able to come to work every day with a just with a workmanlike mentality. Along with that, just that, that discipline to be at your best, to demand the best of yourself each and every day, to not take days off, to not take sets off in the weight room, to just do your best each and every day to come and, and get better. And I think uh, I've been able to, to see that in myself, and, and it's also something that I can, that I can t- continue to get better at as the season goes on, but I would say that's the main thing. I was talking with, uh, with Zach, Zach Wilson, um, a week or so ago, and I was asking him, what has competing against you done for him? I'll ask you the same question. What has competing with Zach done for you? Well, Zach is, a, is an amazing player. You watch him play. You don't think he's a, he's a freshman, um, and that's to credit to him. He's... He's a very talented player, great thrower, great athlete, good runner as well. He's he's been a tremendous competitor, and I think for both of us, it's forced us to realize that we, we have to come in every day at the top of our game. We have to be on our A game each and every day. Can't take any plays off or days off. That's a good thing. You you need that. You want that. The more competitors you have in your team, the better your team will be. And we've handled it all maturely. We, we haven't let the competition affect our friendship or our relationship. You know, at the end of the day, we're teammates and we're friends and we want what's best for the team. But it's, it's definitely pushed us to be, to be at our best each and every day. Let's talk a little bit about Arizona. Obviously, it's a, it's a season opener, which there's a lot of excitement around there. New offense for the Wildcats. The defense, however, has the same coach coming back, same coordinator. It's actually his third year. So a lot of the things will be similar to what we've seen from them in the past. What has stood out to you? I know the Wildcats are a very athletic team. What, what stands out to you about this Wildcat defense that you'll face on Saturday? Yeah, just like you said, very athletic. They have good speed in, in their secondary and, and, and good speed at all positions, you know, especially in their, their D-line and linebackers. They, they have some, some speed there, which is a credit to them. They had a good season last year. They, they're, they're confident. They have a lot of returners coming back, and so that, that experience helps them. And so it's, it's, it's going to be a great challenge. And when we see that, we recognize that. It makes us excited. You know, I think we're all looking forward to it because uh, they've shown that they're a good team, good defense. And so it, it allows us, it gives us an awesome opportunity to, you know, start the season against a really tough team. And, and that's fun. You know, I think that's fun for everyone. All right, last football question. So 
I know every year going into the first game, it's exciting. You get excited. What's different about this excitement for you heading into this year? I'm assuming being a senior, that plays a major role in it. Yeah, I think you know you, you learn to temper your energy uh, and, and your enthusiasm. You kind of, I think that's one thing that I've learned is just to take things one day at a time and not get ahead of myself or get you know too anxious or too excited looking forward. Just be present and be mindful of where you are at that moment. And so right now I'm just you know I focus on today. You know tomorrow I'll focus on that. And then come game day, just one play at a time, one one down, one play at a time. And it's obviously exciting. You know, there's no denying that we're all excited and pumped. But you have to be wise with that excitement and, and just not let it get your mind into a frenzy, but just to let it motivate you to be dialed in, to be alert and disciplined. And, and with that mindset, you can attack each play with your best, allow you to just take it one play at a time. All right, Tanner, I'm really excited about doing this. You, and I don't know if you remember this, last year you were the very first guest on Shep Talk. So, so like you were kind of my guinea pig. The questions, everything, you were the first one. So you get to do this again. And I always ended the interviews with the final four. And these are personality questions, and I have completely mixed them up. So it's not the same questions as last year. So I'm excited to get your, your answers to these. And I think I know where you're going to go with this one, because you told us the other day you really like, like crime dramas and like the murder <laughs> mysteries. But the first question is, what was the last show you binge-watched? Um, Manhunt. Uh, Manhunter? Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Manhunt. I think it's called Manhunt about the Unabomber. Oh, okay. It's a different one. So, yeah. okay, yes, so I got you. There's Mindhunter. Mindhunter is what yeah. I was thinking. So that's, yes, that's my yes, bad. That's I watched that one too. Okay. But Mindhunter and then Manhunt about the Unabomber. But also, now that I think about it, Suits okay. is another one that I okay. recently binge watched. Good shows. Very nice. I'm going to have to start keeping a tally on these and make sure if I haven't seen them that I check them out. All right, second question. If you were granted one superhero power, what would it be? Um, I would say the ability to like time, time, no, it's the, uh, like manipulate time, like, no, so, like no, stop or, time, wo- like where you can, like, why would I get to think of the word right now where like, boom, you can just snap your fingers and you're, you're in a different place. Like time warp, time warp. Yes. That, like, okay. Just boom. Like all of a sudden I'm skiing in the Alps and then. <laughs> And I snap my fingers and boom, I'm on the beaches of, of Mexico. You know, or then boom, I'm I'm in I'm in Boston or you know, just doing something different. Te- teleporting. Teleporting. There we go. That's yes, the there it is. Teleporting. That's yes. the word. I would that'd be very cool. All right, that's not bad. All right, your favorite meal is what? My mom's chicken corn chowder. It's just it's a delicious creamy soup with chicken and vegetables. Uh, it's 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 always been my favorite. And then uh Finish it off with her uh, toffee chocolate chip cookies. Oh, wow. Check it out, insidekarenskitchen.com. <laughs> nice plug. All right, last question. How has coming to BYU influenced your life? It has completely changed and, and, and influenced and affected every aspect of my life. It's allowed me to meet my best friends. Um, it's allowed me to have an amazing education. It's helped me develop a passion for learning. Um, I loved my sociology degree and the classes that I took here and the professors I had. It's, a, it's helped me spiritually, and it's, it's more than anything, it's just made me into a better person. Um, it hasn't been perfect. I've, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs and, and made my fair share of mistakes. But the people that I've met and the experiences that I've had here have really shaped me and molded me. And my, my football experience has been great just because of the, the teammates, the relationships, the connections that I've, that I've made that will that, really last a lifetime. And these memories that we've made together will will carry with us forever. Tanner, great stuff. Thank you for taking a few minutes. Congratulations on being named the starter, and good luck against the Wildcats. Thank you. Appreciate it.
That was Ship Talk with Tanner Mangum, just two dudes that can't think of the word teleporting. Mark Lyons joining me once again. <laughs> from <laughs> You could uh, fly like Superman. He can fly faster than time. I'm telling you, Mark, I every single week, if somebody doesn't say flying, like in the back of my mind, I'm going to be surprised because yeah. that is the ultimate superpower. Like, I can't think of anything outside of flying that would be better than that. Like, I understand, like, being really fast. I understand, like, invisible. Like, top of the list, it's flying. Yeah, that's that's where I'd go. You know, in all seriousness, though, Tanner Mangum, I like Tanner Mangum. He's a great guy. He's got all the skills. I am really excited to see what he can do this year. I agree that uh, the, the part that's hard for a quarterback is he comes in confident, and he's pretty solid, and he's got everything. But he's not going to complete every pass. In fact, he's going to throw an interception. And you just can't let those things affect you so badly that uh, it takes away that confidence. You've got to be thinking, I'm going to make the next putt. I'm going to throw the next ball where that guy's going to catch it. So you just have to have in your attitude that uh, it happens sometimes, but the next one's going to be right. We will visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But next... Mark Lyons chimes in on expectations for Tanner Mangum this season. Analyze this is next on the on Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. At Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem, we may compete in selling, but we're completely unified in support of our community and the BYU. With our support, we wish the BYU team the best that luck has to offer. Alongside the rest of Provo and Orem, we'll be anxiously watching as our Cougars go for the win. Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. We hear you. This smart device gives all the right answers about Deseret First Visa Rewards Card. Hey, Des, do I still get rewards even though my Deseret First Visa has no fee? That's right. Can I use those rewards for new golf clubs? That's right. Des... If he uses those rewards for new golf clubs instead of our trip to Hawaii, will he be toast? That's right. Let's face it. When it comes to finances, the best smart device is the Deseret First Visa Rewards Card. That's right. Membership and eligibility required. The best thing at Chakarama is the carrot cake. I agree. I love the cream cheese frosting. I love to put ice cream all over the top. You know, carrot cake is a vegetable. It has carrots, it has spices, it has raisins, it has nuts. It's not a vegetable. Sure it is. What makes this carrot cake so awesome is it's made fresh every day. It's as close to heaven as you get. The choice is yours at Chuckarama. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU football with Kalani Sataki. The NFL needs BYU guys. We have great young men, and I think they can really help the NFL a lot. They can really help the league and just represent goodness. Head coach Kalani Sataki takes you behind the scenes of Cougar football. If you want to get better at drills, then you practice what you want to get better at. But if it's 11-on-11 football, if you asked our players what our most work drill was this fall camp, they'd tell you it was 11-on-11 football. BYU football with Kalani Sataki. Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain, here on BYU Radio. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back. Each week I will present our own analyst, Mark Lyons, with a topic, a stat, 
or a trend that we expect to play a role in the game. We are calling this new segment Analyze This. You see what I'm doing there, Mark? You are yeah. the analyst. You were going to analyze Anal- something? Analyze. I'm telling yeah. you, you know, i got to give credit. Greg Rubel came up with that name. So props <laughs> to Greg Rubel. He's a very smart individual. He is. So, Mark, you know, uh, yes. so many times I accuse Greg of being wrong, <laughs> and he's never turns out right. I don't know why I still do that. I'm just always going to take his word for everything. I mean, that's it's a safe bet. It's yeah. a safe way to play things. We are going to continue to talk about Tanner Mangum. And, Mark, I mean, we know he's had a wild career here at BYU. In 2015, he was thrust into his first game at Nebraska, not the easiest place to play your first game. It's just a month after coming back from his mission. That season turned out to be a fantastic one for the freshman QB. In 2016, Taysom Hill surprisingly returned, and Tanner was the backup. After Taysom got hurt, Tanner played five games, including a win in the Poinsettia Bowl over Wyoming. Heading into 2017, expectations were really high, but things just did not work out. Tanner, Tanner never really looked comfortable in Ty Detmer's offense, and unfortunately he ruptured his Achilles and was done for the year. So with a new offense, a new determination, what are realistic expectations for BYU senior quarterback? Well, I really think that uh, he's going to have a good season. I think he's got his mind right. I really enjoyed your interview with him. It was great. But let's just uh, follow some of those thoughts that I mentioned earlier. The people around him are going to really make a difference as to who he is as a quarterback. you got the line, you got the receivers, and you have that run game. Now, his efforts that, that he's made to make himself better are way above board what he had been doing before. But if you'll just look at 2015, which you just mentioned, he threw for 3,377 yards. He had a 60% completion rate and 23 touchdowns. And in that season, he had Nick Kurtz, he had Taron Houck, he had Mitch Matthews, Devon Blackman, Colby Pearson. Those guys, and I mentioned it a whole bunch of time. Nate Mickle used to say, you know, I like how he just throws it up to him. There were many times that he would find a guy, he would be covered, and he would just throw it out there, and those guys would go get it with Mitch Matthews' ability to just go out and climb the ladder and make the catch. So they really helped him become a better quarterback. Riker Matthews was a player, a lineman, Kyle Johnson, T. John Karoma, Louis Lapuahu, and Tuni Knuch. Those guys were the linemen that predominantly played in that year. They protected very well, and they created a run game. So with those kinds of things going on in the football game, the total package, that helped Tanner Mangum be a better quarterback. Compared to last year, uh, his uh, passing rating, uh, his quarterback rating was down to 110. He threw for 1,540 yards, but he had eight TTs and nine interceptions. You know, uh, so I just think that uh, the people that are around him this year, He's got those uh, receivers out there working much harder than they have in the past. There's the addition of uh, Dylan Colley, and I think that uh, the receivers are going to be a bigger part of the success that BYU has this year. The offensive line is going to be better. I just believe it is. I like how Coach Pugh was, works with them, even though they're, they're untested. There's some new guys, but I think that they are going to be better. All of those things are going to contribute to Tanner Mangum being a better quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the talent around him. I think Dylan Colley is going to play hu- or pay huge dividends for this team. He just is one of those guys, he's obviously a, a fifth-year senior. He, he transferred in, 
And and this is a guy that has had a lot of experience. He played at BYU already, but has a lot of experience during his time at Hawaii. He's just one of those guys that you know is going to make a catch if, if he needs to. And with the tight ends being healthy, yeah, they can go with those two and three ends. tight end sets. The running backs, I think, are very talented. We'll see who emerges, but I like the guys around him. So I think in terms of comfortability, I, I think this is an offense that Tanner can be comfortable in and utilize his skill set. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, he he does uh, need to be accurate, and he can be accurate. So uh, make sure. I, I liked uh, one of the points that he made in there. Every down is a different down, and he's going to approach every down as the next play, you know, instead of getting uh, riled up about what you just missed. Instead, you're going to go out and make the next play work. Up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pregame Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coming up in just a few minutes, our new sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens, will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline. You'll also hear from Arizona head coach Kevin Sumlin. Right now, though, it's time to visit with The Voice. Joining us now is The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, joining us from the broadcast booth in Tucson. Greg, welcome to the season opener. Jason, thank you, and uh, welcome to you to 2018 (laughs) college football, BYU. Here we go. And, uh, yeah, this is my first chance to pop on with you and Mark, but you and Mark have already kept it going for a good long while already. And it is that time of year, and uh, nothing beats opening day, opening night. Um, Everyone's... Zero and zero, except for the teams that have already had a game or two. And BYU puts himself in that group that just wants to find out what the heck we can expect. And there's a lot of reason to be intrigued about this year's team with uh, Jeff Grimes and a really almost entirely new offensive staff calling plays for the first time. While we think we know what we've got, uh, when we see Khalil Tate across the way, he's working with a new coordinator. And, uh, and, and the yep. Arizona defense has a lot of new defensive coaches. Uh, there, there's a, there are enough unknown elements and intriguing elements tonight to make tonight, I think, very compelling. You know, I, I always love this moment because usually when you join us, and I assume that this is still the case, you've typically just wrapped up your conversation with Kalani Satake that will air in, in about a half an hour. So you always come with these nuggets of info. What do you have for us tonight? Well, first of all, let's hit the wardrobe uh, item. It's a, <laughs> it's white jerseys, so traditional road white tonight for BYU. And then I see Arizona down there, and, uh, and, and unfortunately... Uh, they, they've got the blue on red numbers going, and, and those aren't the most visible in the world from this distance. I would have preferred a little white on red action, but uh, it's going to be blue on red numbers for Arizona with the white helmets, and BYU will have the Red pants too, Greg. It's all red. It's, it's, it's a red out for Arizona tonight with white helmets, by the way. And then BYU will have a more traditional look with the uh, white jerseys as the road team. So uh, w- w- one of the tidbits from, uh, from Kalani is that it's, an, it's essentially a pretty healthy team uh, that, that comes to Tucson. There, there were some injuries in camp to people like Trevion Green that took him out early, really early, like second day of camp, so not really a late hit there. And, um, and uh, there, there may be uh, just one maybe personnel note to watch tonight in that uh, BYU's defensive backfield depth, a little dinged tonight just because Bo Tanner didn't travel. So um, oh. Bo Tanner, who's, who's uh, been a wide receiver and has uh, switched over to DB, uh, didn't travel with the team, and so uh, they will look elsewhere if they need to go deeper at corner than beyond bow tonight. So just one note to look at there, but uh, beyond that, pretty much everyone present and accounted for, and uh, it's, 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 again, a fascinating night to, in, in a lot of ways, and, and, and BYU can, can believe they think they know what Noel Mazzoni likes to do offensively. 
but how does he do it with uh, with, with somebody different than than maybe the last uh, group he had? And uh, and uh, these are all things that uh, add to the formula tonight. We know that Kevin Sumlin has worked with a mobile quarterback and Johnny Manziel and made great things happen. And he's got a similar yeah. guy in Khalil Tate, but uh, they've also wanted to make Khalil a more effective and efficient passer and not just make him an athlete that can run around and make plays. And so his development takes another step tonight. We'll see if it goes uh, forward or otherwise uh, for the Wildcats. But uh, just a super stoked to, to be up here and, and ready to kick off the 2018 season with Mark and uh, and uh, Mitchell Jurgens, uh, a new perspective from the sidelines, replacing the great Nate Mickle. And you'll have Mitch on here in a moment, too. So just a lot of good feelings uh, down here in Tucson tonight, Jace. Both teams have a little bit of a difference in their offensive line both being a little bit more inexperienced this year than they were last year and that'll yeah. be an interesting thing to see even though we've seen great improvement i believe in byu's line and the, they've worked so hard so for arizona there's really only if, if they go as we expect them to go there's really only one guy the right tackle cody creason with a ton of experience and everyone else on the line would be redshirt sophomore redshirt sophomore redshirt sophomore redshirt sophomore because the, the guys they were counting on, they haven't been able to count on due to either injury or suspension. So that's Arizona's situation, some uncertainty at O-line. And as good as BYU feels about their guys up front, uh, there are three, uh, there are two redshirt freshmen and a sophomore that's never played for BYU. So Brady Christensen, redshirt freshman, taking yep. his first snap. James Empey, redshirt freshman, taking his first right. snap. And Tristan Hodge, who was at Notre Dame, is getting his first game action as a Cougar tonight. Of course, we know Schof and we know Hoyt, but beyond yeah. that, there's a lot of novelty for BYU as well. Okay, Greg, uh, last question before we let you go. S- staying with the improvement uh, conversation, where do you expect to see the biggest improvement this year versus last year for the Cougars? Offensive cohesion, and it's probably better to um, uh, list it or, or, or say it than describe what it might look like entirely. But I think it will just it will become apparent to people that, uh, that BYU has going on is, is a system uh, to which players have bought in and, and, and that they understand and that they can execute and that BYU can end up doing a number of things repetitively and well this season. That you can count on them doing certain things well. Whereas I thought maybe week to week last year as the season went along, you never knew week to week what they would try to do. And when they tried to do it, it didn't look um, nearly as effective as it needed to be for BYU to get the results they wanted and didn't get last year. So I'm going to say offensive cohesion, and hopefully we'll know what that looks like here in about three hours. Absolutely. That's been one of the questions. What's the offense going to look like? All we keep hearing is multiple. I guess we'll finally get to hear or and see what multiple means in terms of this new offensive scheme. Greg, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Mark, appreciate the time as always on Cougar Pregame Live. We'll let both of you Thanks. get to some other things as you get ready for uh, the broadcast coming up a little bit later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jason. There we go. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons, the newest member of the broadcast team, is going to join me coming up on the other side. It's our first view from the sideline with our new sideline reporter, Mitchell Juergens. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. You can do a lot of things in 30 minutes. Like washing the dog, weeding the flower bed, starting a 10,000-piece puzzle, folding those baskets of laundry you've been avoiding, or giving your brain a great workout by listening to Thinking Aloud with Marcus Smith. Hear the show weekdays at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Shep with you in Provo. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Arizona Wildcats. And over the past nine seasons, Nate Mickle roamed the sidelines on the broadcast. It was always fun to pick Nate's very large brain on the pregame show. Nate decided after last season he's going to step away from broadcasting to become even smarter, if that's even possible. He's currently, and I've actually written this down. I want to make sure I get this correct. He is currently a postdoctoral research and teaching associate at Notre Dame's business school. Yeah, the guy's super smart. First of all, good luck to Nate uh, on this new endeavor. Because of that, we went on the lookout for a new sideline reporter. You may remember him from such catches as the Starman TD against Boise State. His name is Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, it is a pleasure to welcome you to the team. Thank you. Hey, it's good to be here. So, now, here's what I want to know. Did all of those interviews that you had to do as a player help prepare you now to be the one asking the questions? <laughs> I guess I guess we'll find out. Um, you probably should have been paying a lot more attention <laughs> then, right? <laughs> haven't asked a question yet, so um, I guess we'll see. Um, no, but I, I think so. I mean, I think uh, you know I've I got a pretty good idea as a player what ki- what type of questions were you know necessarily better to answer, and um, and then just you know recognizing, um, learning from the best, learning from Greg, learning from you, just. Uh, adapting and recognizing this as a learning experience and and you know I'm sure it'll come as as time progresses so yeah. well, we're we're excited to have you this is going to be a lot of fun I know you're excited and you and I have had a chance to to talk and I've seen you a lot of the practices through fall camp what were your overall impressions of what you saw from this team on both sides of the ball yes I'd say first impression just from uh, the team in general is I think they kind of recognize that it was just a it was a fluke year um, uh, you know after the year that they had I think it could be expected to see some guys hang their heads and and maybe play with a sense of hesitation or fear of not wanting to mess up so that last year doesn't happen again um, but I've seen guys fly around um, making plays uh, going around with smiles on their faces and you could tell that they're excited to be back in a race last year's performance um, to single out a couple position groups that I've I've been really impressed with is first off you know I, I know they're inexperienced but the O-line um, I, I think Coach Pugh is the right guy to have in place and, and I think he's done an awesome job with getting those guys ready they look big they look mean they look dominant uh, so I'm excited to see what they can do um, from the defensive side this, I think we arguably have or could have one of the best linebacker cores in the nation. And, you know, we've got three seniors. All three of them are captains in Zane Anderson, Butch Powell, and Sione Takitaki. And I, I think we'll be counting on them to make huge plays for us, um, you know, when it matters the most. And so, you know, I've got uh, – I was very impressed with camp um, on both sides of the ball. And, and I'm just uh, pumped to see, you know, how excited these guys are and, and what's going to look like for us. You know, it's interesting you bring up the linebackers. The competition and, and battles for, for spots was talked about so much. The one area you didn't hear that was the linebackers. They were, they were solidified very, very early. So that speaks yeah. to, you, to your point. What was your reaction when Tanner Mangum was named the starting quarterback? I was super happy. Um, one, because I think the coaches made the right decision. Um, I think Tanner's the guy to lead this team through a very difficult schedule, especially early on. Um, Tanner's a two-year captain and so what loved and represented by his teammates and coaches. And you know, now as a senior, I think we'll see the best Tanner we've seen so far. Um, so from what I saw in fall camp, I mean, he played great. He looked um, – it looks like he's done what he's needed to do this offseason – to lead this team to some big wins. 
you are a perfect person to discuss Tanner. You were a teammate of his. You got to see him in action and up close in 2015 when he played as a freshman. What do you think it will take for him to get back to the form we saw in 2015? Yeah, I, you know, I think he's on his way there already. Um, from, I guess the easiest way to tell that is from his physique. Uh, yeah. We can, you know, we see it. And if you go back to his 2015, um, to his tape, I mean, he looks, he looks small. He looks like he's dropped the proper weight. He's dropped 22 pounds. Um, yeah, and you know, he's. I think the big. Um, yeah, it's just a big evidence right there, knowing that he's put in, he's put forth the effort to get his body right to make the changes necessary to help this team. Um, and so I, you know, I I think he's well on his way to um, having another big season like he did in 2015. And and I heard Mark talking about it earlier. A lot of it's going to depend on the guys around him and making the big plays when he does put up those 50-50 balls and the receiver is expected to catch it. So. Um, yeah, I think I think he's well on his way to get back to that form we saw in 2015. Mitchell Jurgens joining me here on Cougar Pregame Live, our new sideline reporter making his debut tonight uh, as the Cougars get ready to face the Wildcats. Let's go over to the other side of the football defensively for the Cougars. I mean, it, it sounds too simple that if you're going to stop the Wildcat offense, you, you stop Khalil Tate. I mean, everybody knows that. But, but is it more complicated than just that? Yeah, I... You know, it's it's a tough question. I would say um, yes and no. Um, to to I guess answer your first question, um, Khalil Tate is a guy that has so much. Um, I mean, so much talent, and he's so heavily involved in the run game and also the pass game, and so. If you do stop a guy like Khalil Tate, I think we do have a better chance at stopping the Wildcats offense just because he's so heavily involved in both aspects of the game. However, I will say that, you know, I've never been a fan of saying that if you stop one guy, you stop the whole offense because there are 10 other guys on the field. And, And so, you know, I think when people get in that mindset of there's just one guy, they fall short on their assignments. Uh, they try and do too much, and then it opens up lanes for other people to make big plays. And so, uh, in a sense, yes, um, I think if you do stop Khalil Tate, we do have a better shot. But if everyone does their job, if they stay home, not try and do too much, I think we're in a better position to be able to stop the Wildcat offense. All right, Mitchell, we got about 30 seconds before we've uh, got to hit break. W- what type of performance do you expect from BYU tonight? Uh, physical tough football um, from an offensive perspective I expect consistency in moving the chains um, big stops on defense and then big plays on special teams um, the discipline has definitely increased and I think with increased discipline they're going to be much more equipped to make big plays when it matters most so I you know big expectations but I I think BYU can come through Mitchell, great stuff, man. You nailed it. It's fun to have you aboard. We're looking forward to, uh, to having you part of the team. And uh, enjoy yourself tonight. It's going to be fun. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. You bet. There's Mitchell Jurgens, a new sideline reporter, joining us this year, taking over for Nate Mickle. On the other side, we go across the field and hear from new Arizona head coach Kevin Sumlin. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, getting you ready for the season opener as the Cougars take on the Arizona Wildcats. The Wildcats have a new head coach, 
That would be Kevin Sumlin. He replaces Rich Rodriguez. Sumlin was hired back in January after spending the past six seasons in College Station as the head coach at Texas A&M. Sumlin addressed this week's game against BYU earlier in the week. Talked a lot about how his team will try and combat BYU's size. We've got a a real challenge this week. Uh, BYU is a a well-coached team. Finished sixth in the country last year in total defense with uh, a lot of their players back. And uh, it'll be as large a team as, as we'll face this year. They, you know, a couple 340-pounders inside. Uh, the defensive end is, you know, he's massive at 6'8", 6'9", 280. So this is going to be a large football team with a lot of guys who are coming back on a really, really good defense from a year ago. So, you know, but it's a new year. It's a, it's a big challenge for us. And, and uh, I think like we say every year, you know, we'll know more, more about this team about 10.30 Saturday night than we know about them right now. The coaching fraternity is really such a small group. If you're in the profession long enough, you're going to cross paths with a lot of different people, and this is certainly the case with Coach Sumlin and new BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Now, while in the SEC at Texas A&M, Sumlin's team faced LSU, which is where Grimes was the offensive line coach, and Coach Sumlin says there are some things that he thinks he can expect from the Jeff Grimes-led offense. We've got some familiarity with him. And from the other league, and, and a lot of shift, trade, motion, some things that uh, you know we've had to work very, very hard on to try to be prepared. But there's always new stuff in a new game, in, a, in the first game. You know, with with the stuff that uh, Coach Grimes has shown, you know, you, you've got to be prepared for um, for those types of shifts and, and trades, and, and make sure that you're sound and gap sound because it, you get one guy a gap, you know, for for what they do and it can cause you some real problems. And so we got to just, you know, we've been working very, very hard at uh, alignment and assignment. And, you know, if, if, if we have that the way it should be, then we can just cut it loose and, and play. Staying with the BYU offense, I think this is a really important soundbite from Kevin Sumlin because I, I completely agree. I think this whole thing has been overblown really since the get-go. Even though Jeff Grimes is a first-time play caller, Coach Sumlin says he doesn't buy the fact that he doesn't have the experience. When people say that, there are times when in, throughout people's lives where there's a coordinator that's a play caller, then there's guys that, you know, when you've been where he's been, dealing with some of the better offensive lines in, in the country, you, you don't go through the week or through the year without making more than suggestions. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so, you know, often... Uh, as I said before, often, you know, guys get in the rhythm and, and people talk in between series. A lot of decisions are made and you don't make those decisions without really talking about what's going on up front. So he's been around long enough. You know, there's been plenty of coaches that um, may not have been the primary play caller that have called a lot of plays. Yeah, I never bought that argument. Uh, Jeff Grimes is not going to struggle calling plays. He, he, he may not have had a title of doing that, but he, he certainly knows what he's doing. I'm really excited to see what that offense looks like tonight for BYU. Alright, when we come back, one final segment of Cougar Pre-Game Live. We'll look at some other action in college football, plus two other BYU programs in action on campus, both uh, playing quite well right now. We'll update you on women's volleyball and women's soccer. That's all coming up next as Cougar Pre-Game Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. And for the first time in the 2018 college football season, we say hello from the broadcast booth. As tonight, 
From Arizona Stadium in Tucson, we bring you the BYU Cougars opening their third season of the Kalani Satake era by visiting the Arizona Wildcats, former conference colleagues from way back in the day, getting a new campaign underway. And we are so excited to have you along with us. It's opening night, one of the last games of the day coming your way. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play call. Joined in the booth by my longtime broadcast partner and longer-time good friend, the former BYU signal caller, the Arvada Flash, the one and only... Mark Lyons, who tonight kicks off his final season on the headset. And while at some point uh, we all have to just uh, get to work and set this emotion aside, uh, win or lose on the field, it's going to be a special season in the broadcast booth, I say, because we all, together, colleagues, listeners, fans, get to enjoy what Mark does so well for one more season. Buddy, it's going to be hard to think about, so I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to think about tonight, and uh, as the coaches say, to get one game at a time, and then we'll let things things go where they go. One call at a time. Thanks, Greg. You know, I really appreciate uh, that you've been retweeting all of those nice tweets saying nice things about me and not retweeting all of those negative ones. I appreciate that. You know, this is going to be a great season. I'm so excited to start this season. You know, it's as exciting as I was in the opener in 1980 against New Mexico. I'll tell you, it's the same feeling. Here we go with game day. This year's team has worked really hard in order to put in this new offense and improve their skills. And at at every position, the players hustle all practice. They, you know, they just have really worked hard in order to improve their skills and their attitude. So, uh, I'm looking for these things in tonight's game. Who's going to be the surprise star this week? Because I think there's going to be one every week. Can the offensive line help to generate a solid run game? I'm looking to see if they can put a run game that's going to make people worry about it so they can throw the football. And can the defense be more disruptive in the opponent's pass game? And so is BYU going to avoid the injury bug that just plagued them Mm. last year? So no matter what, today is the season opener. The players seem united. Today they face the test. This starts the next season of the best game on earth. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. There it is. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake in our first pregame conversation of this season as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Arizona Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. For the fourth time in the last 12 years, BYU's season opens with Arizona. Back in 2006, the Cougars played here and lost on a long last-second field goal. Nah, that was no fun. The following season in Provo was fun. The Cougars won comfortably as Harvey Unga carried the day. And in 2016, another fun one. First game of the Kalani Satake era. BYU and Arizona battling upstate in Glendale. And it was a Jake Oldroyd field goal with four seconds to play that gave BYU that victory. Both teams have had a lot of success in recent season openers as well. BYU has won 10 of its last 11. Arizona's won 9 of its last 10. Here in Tucson, the Wildcats have won 17 consecutive home openers. Most wins have been blowouts over lesser competition. The one nail-biter was the win over BYU back here in 2006. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing to Tucson a team in bounce-back mode. Cougars went 4-9 and nine last year. Missing a bowl game for the first time in 13 seasons. Arizona, meantime, well, they played in the bowl game and finished with a winning record. But they fired the head coach. So two teams are turning the page meeting here tonight. And let's turn now to my conversation with head coach Kalani Sitake. Brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked Kalani a short time ago here at field level about the sense of a new life on this team with a new season upon us. 
Oh yeah, and you know, kickoffs finally here, and you know, to the to the football season, and so I think um, I can uh, I can say that everyone's excited. The football's here, not just our fans, but uh, we're excited. BYU football's here, and, and uh, starting it tonight on national TV. So we're excited for this game. What does your third opener feel like compared to say the other two at this point? Um, well, on the road and in Arizona again, so I'm good with that. It's nice and warm. Our guys won't have any issues getting warmed up, but. Um, this is more about the players. I think my job is getting them ready and letting them go on Saturday. And so, um, you know, we, we worked really hard to get them in, in, in the, the best position where they can have success. And now we just got to see them perform and execute. And I'm looking forward to seeing these guys play tonight. For the most part, you're a pretty healthy group coming into the opener, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we had a few guys get banged up. And um, unfortunately, a couple guys get banged up even this week. But uh, for the most part, we'll be fine and our, our starters are ready to go. There's a guy from Tucson in Matt Bushman that's never played, I don't think, in this stadium, but he gets a chance to do so now um, for BYU against what used to be maybe his home team. As you relied on him so much last year, is he the guy again, do you think, this year? Yeah, I think, and the great part is I think we have more guys to lean on. Um, you know, especially in that position group, we had Dallin Holker, and then we have Moroni Laulupututau as well. And, um, you know, J.J. Nwigwi's there, and we had Addison Pulsifer. So it's, it's a good group. I, I'm excited about him. Matt Bushman leads the way. But uh, we're going to need a lot of them, and that's why we have so many oars in the position group. But um, I'm excited to see all these guys and, and, and uh, seeing the improvement that Matt's made from last year to this year. He's a hard worker, and it's your show tonight. Your wide receiver group is deeper because of experience, let's say, and also because of personnel. Just the addition of Dylan Colley means a lot to you. We didn't get to see a lot of Gunner, who's another Arizona guy. Could he be somebody that sees the field tonight to you? Yeah, Gunner was full goal this week and um, has shown that he's a difference maker. It's just a matter of us getting him in the right right spots right now, but um, uh, you'll see a lot of him uh, throughout the year. Tonight, we'll, we're limited to what he knows and what he's able to practice. But he has a bright future, and hopefully that future is tonight, starting tonight. How do you like your stable of backs coming into the opener? I love them. I think they're a good, great group, and I think uh, they complement what we're trying to do as an offense and, and establish our identity. like the fact that Squally's ready to roll, and he's going to you know, rotate in there with Lopini. And then also we have good compliments in, in Riley Burt. Um, you know, we can add uh, Bo Hodge and, and also Matt Hadley. So it's a, it's a good and deep group. And then I, I love the fact that... Um, Darius McFarland is backing up a Braden O'Bakery, who I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the fullbacks. And uh, hopefully we see the fullbacks a lot tonight. Braden scored the uh, first touchdown of the Kalani Satake era in Arizona here a couple of years ago. Coaches Grimes and Pugh and you like your starting five on the front line, O-line? Oh, yeah. And I think um, we feel really comfortable with the next five, too. So um, I, I'm comfortable, and I know Coach Pugh and Coach Grimes are comfortable with all those guys playing. These are the five that will start. We'll see who, who needs to rotate with them and how it goes tonight with health and everything. But... For the most part, I think we kind of have an idea of who's going to play and who's going to get the bulk of the reps. Defensively, it takes all 11 to handle Khalil Tate, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, of course, and maybe more when we get guys rotating in there, depending on how much he makes us run around. Um, he, he's embarrassed a lot of great defenses out there and great athletic teams, so uh, we have to be assignment sound and we have to be um, smart in the way we, we corral him. We can't just take shots whenever and, and, and risk losing him and not being able to contain him. So. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a tough task. He's a Heisman candidate for a reason, and he's done. He's he's uh, like I said, he's run through a lot of great defenses. So uh, let's just try to make sure that doesn't happen tonight. He's a big play run guy, but BYU was the best defense in the country last year against defending big play runs. He broke a ton of big plays on the ground. And you guys hardly allowed any last year. Yeah, and we're going to really need need to lean heavily on that tonight. And um, we, but we didn't play him last year, you know. So um, 
I, I hate making statements because I see his running ability, and he's so special when it comes to seeing the whole field. And so it'll be important for us to get a good start at, at, at keeping him contained and then see what happens. I, I have a really a lot of confidence in our coaches and the scheme that we're running, and then I have a lot of confidence in our players, and we'll see how, uh, if our guys can chase him down tonight. I know you're hyper-focused on this, not about fun per se, but how fun will it be to see uh, a Jeff Grimes offense making its first play calls out there tonight? No, we're going to have fun. I mean, the guys work extremely hard this offseason, players and coaches included, and uh, they have every right to feel confident going to this game. And uh, the only thing is you just got to have fun, let loose, and not be so tight. I mean, it's a game after all, and we're supposed to have a great time with it, and I think we'll have more success the more fun we have. Finally, long day for you guys. Did you fill it with some football, watch some games, or was it all meetings and work? How was it today? We're kind of a late, late kick. Um, we had some reminders and everything, but, I mean, most of the, most of the coaching and the preparation has already taken place. Uh, more than anything, it was just reminders, letting them get off, get off their feet a little bit. But also, we, you know, we did a little bit of a, a quick twitch workout this morning, and Got them in some meetings this afternoon. Let them watch some football. Have some yeah. take a nap. It's going to be a late night, you know. And we're, we're, that's why we practice late this week. Right. Try to get used to being up this late. And so our guys are. I think we prepared for everything that we can as much as we could. And now it's just go time. And the guys are all anxious, ready to go. So I'm, I'm really excited to see them play. I'm excited for you and the guys. Very excited to get this one underway, Coach. Good luck tonight. We'll talk to you post game. Thank you, Greg. Let's go. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building a project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of the 2018 season opener between BYU and Arizona continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. To the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house. Same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from Arizona Stadium here in Tucson, Arizona. As tonight, the Cougars and Wildcats kick off the 2018 season with their 24th all-time meeting. Arizona holds a slight advantage in the all-time series, 12-10-1. BYU won the last get-together and two of the last three. The Cougars tonight making only their second visit to this stadium since BYU and Arizona parted ways with the Wildcats' departure from the WAC to the Pac-10 in the 70s, well before the dawn of the BCS, the CFP, the P5, or any of the other designations by which college football has been even more dramatically divided between the haves and the have-nots. I'm Greg Rubel, and I'm excited to have with me Mark Lyons, my longtime broadcast partner, engineer Barry Squires, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, new spotter McKay Perry making his debut. And down on the field for the first time as the newest member of our broadcast crew, the former BYU wide receiver, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch replacing our dear friend, Nate Nickel. So we've replaced one tough, steady wideout with another. And Mitch, it is great to welcome you officially to our on-air team. Hey, thank you so much. It is an honor to be here. And, uh, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm excited for the season to get kicked off. It's, um, I, you know, I've got big shoes to fill and Nate Mickel and... Um, but, uh, you know, I hope to do my best to follow in his footsteps and 
and for all those listening, for you guys to do the best I can. So thanks so much. It's great to be here. You're going to do a great job. We look forward to hearing from you. We'll hear from you more in this uh, pregame show a little bit later. That's new sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens in the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Filling out the rest of tonight's broadcast roster, on-site engineering assistant and intern Sterling Richards. Our studio host is Jason Shepard. Our broadcast producer is Terry South. Assistance from Cole Wissinger. Our control board operator is Nathan Israelson. Our broadcast interns at BYU Radio are Aaron Fitzner and Blake McMullen. We are heard tonight on the new skin BYU Sports Network via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. We are also on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM, and on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. You can also get us online, BYURadio.org, BYUcougars.com slash live radio, along with KSL.com, and you can hear us on multiple apps. The BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the KSL app. <laughs> However you are tuning us in tonight, so glad you are with us and making us a part of your game night. You well, can't miss us. You can't. We're everywhere. Yeah. Like it or not. The sooner last season's forgotten, Mark, I think the better. But what should not be forgotten is that BYU's 4-9 and nine flounder was almost all related to the offensive side of the ball. The Cougars averaged 17 points a game. And while the defense and special teams were at most times adequate to do good enough and expect better results, offensively, BYU was discombobulated due to injury and inefficiency in pretty much every area. It's why almost the entire offensive staff is gone from last year. So it's a new-look offense for the Cougars in 2018. And, Mark, while Arizona will be in the dark until the first snap, uh, you've seen enough, and we've kind of seen enough of Jeff Grimes yeah. and his coaches and player personnel to form some general impressions over the last few weeks, especially what do you like about what you've yeah. seen and what you think we're going to see? Well, number one is the hard work. You know, from spring ball to the end of fall camp, those players have been pushed to, to be accountable and responsible for everything they need to improve. And I really like that. The discipline is added, and uh, they are accepting it and working at it. The coaches have brought energy to practice. They've been very demanding, and they've reinforced everything by doing it in time after time. So by repetition, they're going to make sure they get it done right. And they expect a higher level of execution every day. And I really thought it was great uh, when I was talking with Coach Grimes and Coach Pugh. They expect players to be good enough not just to compete with any team, but with every opponent this year. So they are already in the works of getting them ready to be good enough to beat everybody they play. And so I really like the attitude of it being positive. The work ethic has been terrific. And uh, the uh, the introduction of a new offensive scheme has really been good for the team. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after this coming break. This season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal that BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. This is BYU football, live from Tucson, on the new skit, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Arizona Stadium in Tucson where our on-site engineer is Barry Squires. Our in-studio engineer back at BYU Radio is the great Sean Fay. And Sean doing a lot and has done a lot to get us and keep us on the air. And so a kudos to Sean back there in Provo as well. Can't forget him. All right, it is the kickoff of the 2018 season for BYU and Arizona. The Wildcats heavily favored and led by a Heisman Trophy candidate in quarterback Khalil Tate. BYU facing a strenuous September with four P5 opponents, three of them on the road including 
tonight's opener. Now, while the overarching storyline of training camp is, is new coordinator Jeff Grimes and the new attack he's installing in Provo, the subtext is, of course, determining which quarterback's going to lead the offense. And after three weeks of competition, Tanner Mangum won that job, a job he more or less inherited last season with not a lot of competition. And, Mark, the insertion of a freshman into this year's quarterback battle and the competition itself, I think, was good for Tanner. He had to go out and really earn it. And, and while the rookie proved that he was almost good enough to take it himself already, I think the fact that a senior got the nod and that a freshman is that ready, those are both good things. And the Cougars should be much more consistent, I would hope, behind center this season as a result. Well, I agree with you completely, Greg. The, the competition was so good. The part that I was uh, interested in in Tanner's interview is that he said they're still good friends, even though they're going ahead and competing with each other really well. So uh, there were times in my life in competing with other quarterbacks that they were good guys enough that I thought, well, maybe they'd like a chance to play. (laughs) But uh, I I think that the competition for the quarterback spot has been good, both players making plays enough to demonstrate that they can play and lead the team. And Tanner's improved himself physically. He's overcome injuries with the rehab. He's lost some weight, you know, and he's gained some speed and strength. So he's able to move much better than he did last year. And, uh, Greg, I'm going to refer back again. My sophomore year was my best year as a quarterback. Well, Phil Odell was the receiver on that football team. And when he was gone, somehow my skills deteriorated. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I just think that the fact that BYU has people around them this year that I think are going to be much better as receivers. I think the offensive line is going to do a better job of keeping that run game going and keeping teams off balance. And I also think that they're going to be able to protect the quarterback. That combination is really going to assist whoever is the quarterback to be successful. Well, it is break time, and as we do step away, let's get you to You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. When a receiving team player makes a fair catch, the ball becomes dead where caught and belongs to, to the receiving team at that spot, with one new exception starting this season. What is the exception? The answer is coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Arizona Stadium in Tucson on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. For game time, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, back in Tucson as we get you set for BYU and Arizona in their 2018 lid lifter here at Arizona Stadium. And uh, time now for the answer to tonight's NCAA football rules question in You Be the Judge, brought to you by legally mine here is today's football rules question when a receiving team player makes a fair catch the ball becomes dead where caught and belongs to the receiving team at that spot with one new exception this season the question is what is that exception and mark as you know and i'm sure many of our listeners know it's been talked a lot about the exception is if a receiving team player makes a fair catch of a free kick that is a kickoff behind the receiving team's 25 yard line the ball belongs to the team at the 25-yard line, so you don't need to be in the end zone to get a touchback now. If you're at the 21-yard line and make a fair catch, you'll get the ball at the 25-yard line. So So, it's a fair catch on a kickoff. It's a new rule in effect for the first time this season. And it's unlikely that it would happen, but after a safety when they kick from the 20, that would be a free kick, and it could have been a punt. And it would still have the same effect on the rule. It would, and that is new for this year. It's the fair, fair catch of a kickoff or the free kick 
And we may see that come into play. And for a guy like Ed Lamb, um, the kickoffs between the five-yard line, well, not just Ed, but a lot of guys, coordinators, they want to get that kickoff to put the receiver in a position where yeah. they can't touch it back, and it's too too long a run to get out to the 20 or 25. So this takes that away for a lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, right. All right, that is our You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. I mentioned this uh, earlier that uh, BYU's defense last season was more or less uh, adequate. In fact, very good in some areas. Very good against the run, for example. Scoring defense was top half of the country, but against the pass, the Cougars really struggled. Multiple quarterbacks, Mark, had games in which they kind of picked BYU apart. And in the havoc department, or the BYU disruptiveness department, the defense was kind of compromised last year. Very few big plays and uh, very few uh, takeaways. But, Mark, an ideally better offense in 2018 we think should in turn help the defense. The margin for error last year, I thought, with with the way the offense played was pretty narrow. I don't think Coach Tuiaki's defense could take a lot of risks as a result, and even without an NFL starter now gone in Fred Warner, I think this defensive group is going to find and show off some playmakers. Well, it is interesting that... uh Coach Sataki many times mentioned that the defense was limited in what they could do as far as taking chances because of the offense's difficulties. And so poor field position set that up, and uh, many times the score in the game altered that play. But I think this year with Kairos Tonga, that kid is going to be a hero. And uh, Corbin Kafusi certainly is has the abilities to create real problems with his height and his uh, pass rush. Butch Pau is going to be good again. As good as he was. You know, he was a great tackler, and he's quicker, and he's got it back again. And Sione Takitaki. Those guys are really in a position that, in their experiences in past seasons, have been very disruptive. And with Takitaki back at linebacker, I think that gives him a better opportunity to rush. So uh, the defensive fronts could could be more disruptive. Uh, I think the secondary being revamped and those positions changed, that's the area that we still have to see. Is there is that going to be an improvement? We just had a moment of silence here at the stadium uh, honoring U.S. Navy veteran and state of Arizona Senator John McCain, who was passed. And so they just now observe that moment of silence here at Arizona Stadium, which will lead us into our national anthem. And I think what we'll do is we'll stay with here for our anthem before we take our next break as we continue on our BYU-Arizona pregame coverage. Our national anthem is due next, and then we'll take a break as we continue with you. So let's stay here at Arizona Stadium in Tucson, and we should be having our national anthem.
the Arizona Marching Band, the pride of Arizona, with tonight's National Anthem. Coming up, we'll hear from new sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Arizona continues live from Tucson. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, 2018 season opener between BYU and Arizona straight ahead. The Wildcats, one of the most generous defenses in the FBS last season, but one of the very best offenses, mostly due to one guy, Khalil Tate. He led the nation in yards per carry, and Arizona as a team did the same, yards per rush. Now, Mark, BYU fans know how Khalil Tate plays because Taysom Hill <laughs> played the same way. Yeah. You know, you're right. And he's about the same size, has about the same quickness and toughness. And as much as I like to watch Taysom play, I'll probably be that pained to watch Khalil Tate play. Uh, in games last year where defenders had the angle on him to be able to get to him and tackle him, he would just blow right by him and they wouldn't even... Uh, touch him. He's always a threat to make a very big play. So the offense they run is very quick in their execution. The defense has to react really quickly because of his abilities. So um, Arizona has not ever had a Pac-12 all-conference quarterback. This could be the kid that does that. Khalil Tate's counterpart, Tanner Mangum. We'll be looking at a lot of familiar faces when he sets to throw the ball tonight. He's got Matt Bushman and Micah Simon and Leva Hifo and Talon Shumway all back. But we bring in Mitchell Jurgens now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. It's the new guys or the lesser known guys who may help take this receiving core up a notch in 2018. Mitch, welcome back in. And who will you have your eye on tonight in your old position group? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think tonight, uh, Akile Davis, um, he's a guy that... I watched closely in fall camp, and he's he's a physical, tough, fast, and explosive receiver. Um, he's you know his work ethic is is second to none, and so I'm impressed with what he's done in fall camp. I think BYU should look to get him the ball in space early, let him run, let him do you know what he's best at, and I think uh, I think he's a guy to watch for the Cougars. And, of course, Dylan Colley is back in BYU Blue after a redshirt freshman season followed by three playing seasons at Hawaii. And it's good to have Dylan back. I'll say back where he belongs at BYU. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Mitchell Jurgens down at field level. Kim Gawkov is coming up. After this, we'll get Mark's Ken Garf keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.